Hello, I'm Jean Setzfund from AARP. Welcome to the Learn at 50 Plus podcast series. What's next for one person is not what's next for another. Whether it's switching careers, learning how to care for a loved one, using new technology to make your life easier, or protecting yourself from frauds and scams, our podcast series can help you be ready for what's next. Hello, and welcome to Fraudcast Spotting and Avoiding Census Scams. I'm your host, Rick Young, and I'm here with Kathy Stokes, Director of AARP Fraud Prevention Programs, head of the AARP Fraud Watch Network. Later, we'll be joined by Christina Storr from the U.S. Census Bureau. All right, now let's talk about the census count and scammers who take advantage of this opportunity. Kathy, can you start us off? Yeah, sure, Rick. You probably know that every 10 years, the U.S. Census Bureau conducts a count of everyone that's living in the country, and the process is called the decennial count, and it's been going on a long time, since 1790. The 2020 census marks the 24th time our country has counted its population in this way, and as you can imagine, things have changed quite a bit since that first count, and technology allows us to collect more accurate data and in simpler ways but these changes do present challenges. Uh, these days, the scammers take advantage of the census to commit identity theft and other fraud. And the coronavirus pandemic is like a gift to scammers who say who seek to play on our fears to steal our money or our sensitive personal information. Okay, so what are census scams? Well, there are several different kinds, and we'll go over them in detail later. But first, you need to understand that government imposter scams are when fraudsters pretend to be from the government to steal your money or your sensitive personal information. And census scams are a specific type of government imposter scam that coerce you into uh, stealing your information. And usually, scammers will promise something in return, like a check or a gift card for your help. In this case, scammers may try to pose as census takers. And would you say that uh, overall government imposter scams are are most common? They're extremely common. According to the Federal Trade Commission, government imposters stole nearly $153 million from their victims in 2019. So you can see this is a widespread problem. And in a census year, there's even greater potential for these types of scams. So with so many scams out there, is it safe for people to respond to the census? Well, that's a good question, and the answer is yes. It's safe, and we strongly encourage everyone to respond. By the end of the program, you'll know how to tell the difference between the real census and census scams. Okay, and when do census scams happen? Do they come around every 10 years? Well, there may be more census scams during the decennial count, but they actually can happen anytime, and that's because the census conducts more than 130 surveys every year. The American Community Survey, which is also going on now, is sent to more than three and a half million households every year to gather population, economic, housing, and other data. We receive a lot of calls at the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline about this survey as it usually sets off some scam suspicions. But the American Community Survey is legitimate and it's easy to verify. Well, that's really good to know. Now, what if someone suspects they've already been the victim of a census scam? What should they do? Well, you can report it to the Federal Trade Commission at ftc.gov slash complaint, or you can call them at 877-382-4357 and to the Census Bureau at rumors at census.gov. But if you want to talk to someone to try to understand what happened and what your next step should be, 
we welcome members and non-members alike to call the AARP Fraud Watch Network Helpline at 877-908-3360. And when you call the helpline, you'll receive one-on-one support from our trained staff and volunteers. They're experienced, they're knowledgeable, and they're passionate about fighting fraud. There's no need to write this information down because all of it is in the resources folder. Okay, so let's take a moment to get to know one of these fraud fighters. We're joined remotely by Dana Neighbor, a volunteer with the AARP Fraud Watch Network Helpline. Thanks for joining us, Dana. It's great to be here, Rick. Uh, Can you tell us why you volunteer your time with the helpline? Throughout my career in computers and telephony, I was often the person that family members and friends turned to for assistance with technology-related frauds and scams that eventually evolved into a general interest in fraud when I witnessed family and friends getting pulled into questionable schemes because they so wanted them to be true. So when it came time for me to retire, I knew that I wanted to be a volunteer and that I wanted to do something where my experience could be of value. The AARP Frog Watching Network seemed to be a natural fit. Well, that's good to know. What's the most rewarding part for you? Well, when at the end of the call, when the caller thanks me for providing them useful direction and for someone to talk to about their experiences, I often hear from callers that they don't feel comfortable talking about being a fraud victim with their friends and family. So sometimes I'm the only person who has heard their full story. It seems to be therapeutic for the victim to talk to someone who understands their predicament and to hear that they are not alone. And one last question, Dana. What would you say to someone who was victimized by a scam and is feeling ashamed about their experience? None of us should feel shame for falling victim to scammer schemes. Scammers are very good at running very sophisticated scams that can manipulate people into a vulnerable state. Once in that vulnerable state, the scammer can get the victim to do things they ordinarily would not do. Also, I have found that victims don't fit any specific profile. People are victimized regardless of their educational, economic, and social background. Well, thank you, Dana. We really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Yes, we're so grateful to Dana and all of the volunteers who donate their time and their expertise to the helpline. Now, it's open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. And again, that toll-free number is 1-877-908-3360. And I encourage you to call and report any scams that you encounter. Absolutely. And it's, again, very important to report scams. Now let's hear from Lisa Schifferly, an attorney with the Federal Trade Commission, who's going to share more information about this topic. My name is Lisa Schifferly, and I'm an attorney with the Federal Trade Commission's Division of Consumer and Business Education. I'm here to share why it's important to report scams and where you can report them. You play a key role by reporting. Your report can help protect other people. By filing a report, you can help the FTC's investigators identify scammers and stop them before they get someone's hard-earned money. If you spot a scam, please report it to the FTC by phone at 877-FTC-HELP or 877-382-4357. 
or online, you can report scams at ftc.gov complaint. Your report really makes a difference. Well, thank you, Lisa. Now, Kathy, what have you been hearing lately on the helpline? Have you gotten any calls about census scams? Well, as you might expect, given the pandemic, many of our calls these days are about coronavirus-related scams. Fake promises of cures and treatments and vaccines are all around us, and imposters are calling to say they're with the federal government and they need your banking information to deposit the stimulus check. It's another one we're hearing. For census scams, we've heard of fake census mailings. For example, we know that a scammer had mailed out postcards with a QR code on them, and saying to scan the code with your smartphone to link to the census form. Well, all that did was download malicious software on people's computers. So the key here is they want information on you for ultimately what? Well, if they have your personal sensitive information, credit card information, banking account information, social security number, um, they have a way at ultimately getting at your money. And that's the goal. It's all about money. Okay, good to know. Thanks, Kathy. And now it's time for our special guest. We're joined by Christina Storr from the Census Bureau. Welcome, Christina. Thanks for having me. Christina, why should people participate in the decennial count? What's the information used for? When you participate in the census, you're helping yourself, your loved ones, and your whole community. Data collected by the census is used for so many things. First, the numbers influence how billions of federal dollars are distributed over the next 10 years. Responding to the census helps your community get its fair share of that funding. We're talking about how more than $675 billion in federal funds are distributed to states and communities for local schools, roads, transportation, healthcare, and so much more. You might be surprised to learn that a single count has such a major impact. For every person who isn't counted, it costs their community thousands of dollars per year for the next 10 years. That is a lot of money. Yes, it is. So you'll want to make sure that every person in your home is counted. And that means every man, woman, child, and baby. That's right. And if you're a caregiver for an older adult, census data may help the person you're caring for get the services they need. For example, the information could help guide funding to your community for emergency services, home-delivered meals, and Medicaid and Medicare. That's true. And businesses use census data to decide where to open stores and restaurants and what products or services to offer. So, for example, a business owner may want to use census data when deciding to open a store in your neighborhood. Now, what about political representation? Census results affect your voice in Congress and in your state and local government. 2020 census results determine how many seats your state will have in the U.S. House of Representatives for the next 10 years. State and local officials use census counts to redraw boundaries for congressional, state legislative, and school districts. And census information is critical for emergency response. In the case, for example, of a natural disaster, emergency responders use census data to find missing and injured people. Absolutely. But census imposters will use that information to steal from you. 
For example, a recent scam went around telling the public that if they responded to the 2020 census, they'd receive their economic impact checks that are being sent out from the federal government in response to the economic impact of the coronavirus pandemic. That's not true. The Census Bureau will never share your personally identifiable information with any other agency. Uh, what we do share are population totals to help government decide what portion of seats and funding need to go where, but never individual information. If someone says they'll give you money to respond or you need to pay to respond, it is a scam. Well, you two have certainly made a convincing case for, uh, for participating in the census and looking out for imposters. So let's talk about the decennial count process in more detail, including the ways scammers take advantage of it. Christina, can you tell us how people are invited to participate in the census legitimately? Uh, in in mid-March, the Census Bureau started mailing out invitations to participate in the 2020 census, or in some cases, the invitations were hand-delivered. But whether your invitation came in the mail or in person, you should have received it by April 1st. In some locations, you also may have received a reminder in the mail. And I just want to note that there are different timelines and processes for some locations and living situations. And in light of the COVID-19 outbreak, we have adjusted several of our operations. Okay. And Kathy, how can someone tell if the invitation they received in the mail is really from the census or if it's a scam? Yeah, there are several steps you can take to find out if the invitation is legitimate. First, you'll want to check the envelope. The return address should say it's from U.S. Census Bureau or the U.S. Department of Commerce, which is the Census Bureau's parent agency. And it should be from Jeffersonville, Indiana, which is the site of the National Processing Center. If it's from somewhere else, it is not from the Census Bureau. After you check the envelope, you'll obviously want to check out the invitation. And it should look like this and include a 12-character ID with numbers and letters. And Christina, how can people respond to their 2020 census invitation? Well, in the past, you had to respond on paper by mail. But we're doing things a little differently this time around, and you have three options. You can respond online, by phone, or by mail. And your invitation will include instructions for responding to the 2020 census online. If you respond online, which the Census Bureau encourages, you should go to my2020census.gov, where you'll be prompted to enter the 12-character ID that Kathy just mentioned. The ID acts like a PIN, um, and if you don't have your ID available, you can use your address. If you need help or would like to respond by phone, you can also call a toll-free number provided in your invitation. If a person doesn't respond to the invitation right away, either online or over the phone, the census sends several reminders in the mail. And by the spring, all households that have not responded will receive a paper questionnaire. Um, in some cases, without broadband access, you may get a paper copy as part of your first mailing. Okay. You can see samples of the invitation, reminder mailings, and questionnaire in your resource folder and online, the official web, uh, census website. Uh, census.gov. Now, Kathy, what if you receive something else in the mail from the census? How can you tell if it's a scam? Well, if you receive a household survey other than the 2020 census, you'll want to see if it's on the Census Bureau's official list of household or business surveys. You can find that information on the official census website, census.gov. Or you can contact the regional office for your state to verify that a census communication is genuine. Again, this information is available in the resources folder, 
So don't worry if you didn't catch that website or phone number. Okay. Now getting back to the process for the decennial count, what happens after the invitations, reminders, and paper questionnaires are mailed out? What happens afterwards? So the timing of our in-person follow-up operations is pending given the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, when we are able to go door-to-door, census takers will start visiting homes that haven't responded to make sure everyone is counted. If you aren't home or if you can't come to the door, the census taker will come back up to six times. Okay. Is the 2020 census being affected by the global coronavirus pandemic? Christina? Well, it definitely adds an extra layer and a challenge. Uh, But for the 2020 census, it has never been easier to respond on your own, whether online, by phone, or by mail, all without having to meet a census taker in person. You can help us get a safe and accurate count by completing this survey early, which will reduce the need for door-to-door visits. The safety of Americans is our number one priority. Uh, We're monitoring the situation and working with national health authorities, including the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services to ensure we're all taking the proper precautions as we conduct the census. But imposters are taking advantage of all this uncertainty. They're promising people money from the government only if they fill out the 2020 census, and this is definitely not true. We will never use your personal information this way, nor will we make you pay to take the 2020 census. That's good to know. Is there any other reason a census worker would ever want to visit your home? Currently, all in-person follow-ups are on hold. Uh, So please check the 2020census.gov website for updates. But yes, normally census workers may also drop off census materials or conduct quality checks related to the census or collect survey responses. And Kathy, how can you tell if a census worker who comes to your home is the real deal or if they're a scammer? Yeah, well, when it's safe to start visiting homes, real census workers will come to doors between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. So if someone comes by your house outside of those hours, that should be a big red flag. You should always ask to see the census taker's ID badge, which should have their photo, a U.S. Department of Commerce watermark, and an expiration date on it. And they should also be carrying a Census Bureau bag and an electronic device, such as a laptop or a smartphone, with the Census Bureau log- logo on it. And they should have a copy of the letter the Bureau sent to you as well. And if you still have questions about the person's identity, call your regional census office to speak with a local representative. And if it turns out the person who came to your home does not work for the Census Bureau, contact your local police department immediately and send a report to the Census Bureau at rumors at census.gov. Now, will census workers ever call you on the phone? Christina? The Census Bureau will not make initial contact with you by phone about the 2020 census, but they may call you as part of their follow-up and quality control efforts. Uh, Census workers also may call if you're not home when a census taker stops by. And the purpose of these calls is to make sure no person is left out of the census or counted in more than one place. Any phone call you receive will be brief. And there are some household surveys other than the 2020 census that are conducted over the phone. Okay, that's good to know. Kathy, if the caller ID says Census Bureau, does that mean it's an official census call? Unfortunately, no. It can be a scam because imposters use spoofing tools to make it look like they're calling from a real Census Bureau number. A new law requires phone companies to verify that caller ID and the origin of the call you're receiving match, but this isn't happening overnight. So for now, you just can't trust caller ID. 
You can call the National Processing Center or your regional Census Bureau to verify that a phone survey is legitimate, though. All right. Anything else we should know about phone scams? Yeah, phone scammers also may use Google Maps uh, to find out what your home looks like and then use that information to convince you that they're standing outside. So, for example, they might say you have a White House with dark green shutters and they may threaten you with jail time if you don't cooperate. Wow. I can imagine it would be very unsettling to get a call like that. Yeah, for sure. Scammers know how to play on people's fears, especially at a time when we're already all in a heightened emotional state due to the coronavirus pandemic. But if you receive a call like this, there's no need to panic. The Census Bureau will never threaten to imprison anyone. So that means the call is a scam. All right, Christina, does the Census Bureau send emails to request participation in the 2020 census? No. Like we said earlier, you should have received a paper invitation in the mail, or in some cases, it may have been hand-delivered. But the Census Bureau will not request your participation in the 2020 Census by email. We may send out newsletters as part of our marketing campaigns to inform the public about the 2020 Census. And that's a really important point, because it means if you get an email like that, you'll know right away that it's a scam. No matter how official it looks, it's a scam. So don't click on any links. You can report it by forwarding the email to rumors at census.gov. And don't reply, click links, or open attachments in a suspicious census email, or really any other email for that matter, especially if they're promising money in the form of checks or gift cards in return. A lot of fraudulent emails will direct you to fake websites that may look real, but they're actually infected with malware. That official online response portal for the 2020 census is my2020census.gov. You also want to check the URL of any supposed census website. Make sure it has a census.gov domain and it's encrypted. And in that case, you just look for a lock symbol in your browser window or HTTPS. This S stands for secure. Now, that's really good to know. Are there any other scams related to the census out there? Yeah, there's a scam that involves charging fees to supposedly help people get jobs as census takers. And the truth is, there's no fee to apply for any job with the Census Bureau. There's never a charge for information about job vacancies or employment opportunities with U.S. government. In fact, all of your training and mileage would be paid for if you're hired by the Bureau. Another one that we've seen recently involves uh, social media posts, emails, and texts that prompt you to fill the 2020 census out to get your stimulus check. And while they provide a my2020census.gov as the correct website, the Census Bureau does not pay people to respond to the 2020 census. They also do not give your personal information to any other government agency. It's against the law. Again, good to know. Thank you, Kathy. Now let's watch a short video featuring Zach Schwartz, a Deputy Division Chief of the U.S. Census Bureau. I'm here to tell you that the United States Census will never ask you for your full social security number, bank account, or credit card information, and will not ask you to pay to be counted in the 2020 Census. If you are approached by someone claiming to be from the Census Bureau asking for your full social security number or for payment to complete the 2020 Census, it is a scam. Hang up on the caller and slam the scam.
We've covered a lot of material and we're going to quickly recap what we've learned by watching a short video. Stay with us. Every 10 years, the U.S. Census Bureau does a national headcount. They also do smaller surveys in years not ending in a zero, and scammers are also counting. Here are five ways to not get taken by a census scam. Verify that a census taker who comes to your home is legitimate. They should have a Census Bureau photo ID badge and a copy of the letter the Bureau sent you. Confirm that the questionnaire you've received is on the Census Bureau's official list of household or business surveys. Check that your census mailing has a return address of Jeffersonville, Indiana. Don't give your social security, mother's maiden name, or banking info to someone claiming to be from the Census Bureau. Genuine census reps won't ask for that information. Don't reply, click, or open attachments in a suspicious census email. For more tips on how to avoid scams, go to aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. And before we go, we're going to play one last video about some free resources available to you through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. Visit AARP's Fraud Watch Network webpage. Our team of fraud fighters has real-world tips and tools to help protect you and your loved ones. Call the Fraud Watch Network helpline if you or a loved one suspect a scam. The helpline is operated by staff and volunteers with extensive training and experience fighting scams. You can stay one step ahead of scammers with bi-weekly watchdog alerts to have news on the latest scams delivered right to your inbox. Check out the scam tracking map. No matter where you live, fraud is never far away. And protect yourself and others by searching for existing scams near you or report a scam. You can find fraud-related articles that are in the news. And you can learn to spot and avoid the latest scams with the tip sheets in the Fraud Resource Center. Listen to the award-winning podcast, The Perfect Scam, that profiles some of America's biggest scams. The podcast series features compelling personal stories from scam victims and their families, and there are interviews with professional con artists and leading experts so that you can pull back the curtain on how scammers operate. And connect with us on Facebook for up-to-date information and breaking news. You can find all of this information and more on the AARP Fraud Watch Network webpage at aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. And that's it for our program. Let me remind you that all information we've shared with you is in our resources folder. And thanks to everyone who uh, joined us today, Dana, Lisa, Zach, and Sarah. And of course, a huge thank you to Kathy Stokes and our special guest, Christina Storr. Please take a few minutes to uh, complete a survey reviewing this program. It automatically will appear on your screen in just a minute. On behalf of AARP, I'm Rick Young. I'd like to thank you for all for joining us. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Learn at 50 Plus podcast. Be sure to check out our other podcasts from AARP that can help you get ready for what's next in your life. You can also continue learning by visiting the Learn at 50 Plus link, where you'll find webinars, interactive videos, online games, and in-person workshops in your community. Thanks again for being with us today, and I hope you'll join us again soon.